Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Uh, never before in my memory anyway has the Bank of Canada and its governor been under such scrutiny and criticism. Not to say it isn't warranted, perhaps it is, but um, it all started with Pierre Polyev saying uh, he should be fired, if you remember. Um, and when party leaders give their base the marching orders, a lot of them follow. So, you know, Macklem's been in the crosshairs for sure. But it's not just Pierre Polyev. Last week, David Eby, Premier of British Columbia, and Doug Ford, Premier of Ontario, both went public, um, pressuring the Bank of Canada, or at least recommending that the Bank of Canada not increase interest rates yet again. Now, if of course, the Bank of Canada is supposed to be independent and free from all political influence. So... How much of this is political, and how much of this misery did Mr. Macklin bring on himself? Um, another central bank critic last week, uh, Quebec Senator Diane Belmar. Um, Senator Belmar also happens to be an economist, so an area of expertise here. Uh, Senator, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate your time today. It's my pleasure, Sean. Uh, so let, let's just start because it, it is different, right? I mean, the, the scrutiny and the commentary on the central bank, it's, it, it's different than I can ever remember before. And like I say, not saying it's unwarranted, um, but it's different. Would you agree with that? Yes, it is different because actually uh, it's painful. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, monetary policy, uh, which focus only on interest rate increases to fight inflation, uh, it's hurting a lot of people because there's a lot of people who have debts, they have mortgage, uh, they have a visa or MasterCard or, you know, credit that they have to pay. So it's painful. So that's why uh, politicians start to worry. Is it the good thing to do? And um, this policy, it's a rather, it's not new, but um, it started in the in 91. Okay, it's in '91 that the governor of the bank started to to sign an agreement with governments, uh, the, the federal government, uh, and uh, adopt a framework of its monetary policy around the target of a two percent inflation rate uh, in a range that it's the the median of a range one to three percent. So this approach. Um, well, when you look at the result, uh, it looks like it works. Yeah. But we we don't really know if it's work. You know, there's a kind of a correlation, but is it the cause? You know, uh, when inflation is low, was it because interest rates were high and so forth? Uh, Joseph Stiglitz, an economist that won uh, the Nobel Prize in Economics. Uh, said in an article recently, he was worried about this monetary policy now for the 21st century. And he was saying that maybe central banks sometimes, they are like dogs who bark when there's a plane uh, in the sky and they stop barking when the plane, they don't hear it anymore. So, and they believe that it's because they bark that the plane went, went away. <laughs> right. So, 
if you understand this comparison. So uh, we see the data, but are we really certain that nowadays that this policy is the best one? And um, why I do ask that question, it's because there's a lot of changes, actually, in the, in the, in the Canadian economy that are going on. We have a climate crisis, the trend, climate transition to make, but the, we have climate uh, weather condition that affect crops uh, sometimes. And so sure. when you go in the grocery, you know, prices go up. You have also political uncertainty in the in the world. So enterprises want to deglobalize. By deglobalizing, by bringing back firms within our neighbors, within Canada or U.S., wages are higher here. So it's certain that the cost of production will increase. We have an aging population, which also has a big effect. Okay, maybe it the aging population does not spend the same, but uh, it creates labor shortages. So you need immigrants to, to fill the, mm-hmm. the labor shortages. Mm-hmm. And technical, technological change also increases cost when enterprise invest into new technology. It increases cost, which sometimes translates into price increase. So all those factors combine, um, combine to say that maybe now, uh, the global economy is not anymore as it was, and maybe we'll have more and more supply shocks. And so the traditional way to cope with inflation may be different. So that's why there's an incomfort uh, growing up. And it's not only in Canada, it's everywhere. I was reading about the, the European Central Bank who has to make a, a decision in a few days about the, the will inflation will the interest rate will rise or not and countries are divided um, on this issue so banks, central banks are independent are, yeah but they have to be scrutinized they have to be accountable so okay, we can, hang on. We can get to we can get to the accountability piece in a second, Senator. But first, they also have a set of guidelines, mandates, rules that they're supposed to follow. I mean, we have we have the Banking Act of Canada or the Canadian Banking Act. I can't remember exactly what it's called. That's been around for a long time. Does that need to be overhauled and sort of the bank given new marching orders, if you will? I really, I do believe that the Bank of Canada Act has to be revisited. First of all. Uh, the mandate of the bank has not been uh, uh, changed or modernized since its first adoption in 1935. So there's been some revisiting, but uh, at the margin. So the Bank Act has to be revised. It doesn't talk about monetary policy. It doesn't say that the bank is, that's the main ban- that the main mandate of the bank is to cope with inflation. No, it says it's prosperity. The central bank is there to ensure financial stability and to promote prosperity in Canada. So that's different. Uh, and when the Bank Act was written, there was no not, not much of a monetary policy as we know. And the Bank Act does not say anything about this agreement that the bank signed with the government each five years about price stability doesn't talk about that. What we know is that the bank 
decided in, with the government to accept that they have the sole responsibility for, for inflation. But could we talk a bit about that? Sure, absolutely. We have yeah. supply shocks, you know. Maybe uh, the government has something to do too. In the medium term, if we want to cope with, with the supply shock, we need investment and we need, we need uh, and we, when you need to invest, you need lower interest rates, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of contradiction actually in the objective that we want to focus on. And sometimes there's some contradiction with the means you use. So we need a conversation on all, on all those issues. You mentioned accountability. The Bank of Governor, yeah. or Bank of Canada governor needs to be accountable. And you make, you make a good point. They aren't. I mean, that's part of the independent piece that we talk about. How do we do that? Um, in terms of building in some accountability, if they do get it wrong, what, what's the recourse? Right. Uh, actually, countries in the world have revised their Bank Act and they've put on a monetary policy committee with some experts exterior from the bank, from their central bank. So, for instance, uh, in New Zealand, they have six external people uh, sitting in the uh, in the uh, Monetary Policy Committee. Uh, the Bank of England has five. Uh, Australia is thinking about six. So, when you have a, a Monetary Policy Committee, then decisions are made differently. Mm-hmm. They are made with the governor, the people in the bank, but also expert outside. Sure. Like in Canada, if we had such a committee, maybe the bank would be more prudent because they could be, they, they would know a little bit more what's happening in the West, in the East, in the middle, in the center of Canada. You know, if we had representatives from some uh, regions in Canada. And they would be accountable also to ensure that the bank is really independent from government at times, because they will be there to 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 express uh, uh, the, the concern of the uh, of Canadian, and they would make sure that the decisions are are um, well thought, that the costs are worth the benefit of the policy, because actually we don't know if the cost of this policy is worth the benefit, because. There's, uh, there's things, uh, there's events external to our country on which we have no control. That's the thing. So if we had a monetary policy committee within our structure, it would at least ensure a, a better balance between independence and accountability. Yeah, it, it, it makes sense in, in so many ways. Um, Senator, I'm out of time, but thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it.